Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we strive to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. We believe it's no accident you're listening today, and we pray you'll hear something to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in progress. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Most of you have heard this, I'm sure. I'm reading from the NIV. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, I first of all I want us to see that God's will is good. It's perfect and it's pleasing. However, it doesn't always mean it's going to be pleasurable. But it's always good and for good purpose. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about the things of the world. The mindsets of the world is what he's talking about. And now you're saying, well, how could he think of these things? Now, he's never been in 2022 when it's a lot of crazy going on in the world. Yet there was a lot of crazy going on in his time for sure. And see, God's word is timeless. It doesn't gap in, in its need for understanding. And so in that same way, in that same heart that he wrote this to the Romans, he's writing this to us today to do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Today, we are starting a series called We Rewire. Rewire. Now, I know nothing about electricity except for that it can kill you if you're not careful. I know that it's electrifying. Uh, I let our friend Phil take care of all the electrical things because I want to make sure that I can stand up here and still do what I do. Uh, it's smart to do that. But what I realize and understand is as we go through life, there's some things that we've been wired for in from the world that are not true for the believer. And in fact, when I'm reading this, it kind of can get you upset. Like, why have I believed this lie? Why have I let the world, the enemy, self, or whatever, wire me to think in a certain way when God clearly says that's not the truth? Can somebody say amen? Can anyone relate to the frustration of the wiring of the world in my life? Now, when I'm talking about the world, can you please take that person's face off? Now, will you look at the enemy? 
Because it's important, if we're not careful, we can miss this so big by saying, yeah, the world, and we can put a picture of that person, that person. No, 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 that's dangerous because now we are cursing God's kid that he created to not want to know him. But we can say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to put, the Bible clearly says I wrestle not against people, faces. I wrestle against the spirit of wickedness, the enemy himself. Amen? All right. I'm a little fired up. I'm hoping that it electrifies you today with the truth of God's word. Because the heart is this. God needs us to get this. He needs us to rewire our hearts and our minds to his word. Period. We need it. We cannot live without it. If we don't allow God to do it in us, we will always be tossed to and fro. It doesn't mean that when we get this, the waves are still not going to crash around us. But we, can, we, we serve a God that says he can, we can walk on that wave. We serve a God that has spread the sea. Despite, we, we serve a God that can calm a storm. And you're like, I don't understand. I don't either. But what God says is if I will renew my mind to his truth. He said it. Not pastor, not pastor, not people. It was God's word who said it. If you will renew it, it will be done in your life. Period. Because he already paid for it. We have to renew this. To this. This is what this series is about. And there's going to be some course correction that we're all going to have to, be, have to be willing to take. Some mindsets that are going to have to be broken. Some belief systems that we're going to have to lay at the cross of the Father today. Some ideas and some concepts that may feel warm and fuzzy, but we'll not find out and realize that they're just lies of the enemy. Arguments that are compelling, yet they're not truthful. This is what the world offers. This is what the enemy offers. Lies after lies after lies. And we need to renew our mind to the word. To the word. Amen? Change is part of a growth process. Change is growth. If we don't have change, there's no growth. Right? Make sense? Change is not always comfortable. I don't like change. I didn't like when my kids grew up. I, in the, when they were two, I was like, oh, Lord, let them grow up. And now they're 22, 24, 20, whatever. They're like, I'm like, no, don't let them grow up. Change is hard. But it's good. Because if I were to say today, if I were to say, my oldest son, he's 30. 31? <laughs> Looking into my help here. 31. And if I showed a picture and he was the size of Ashlyn, you might be a little concerned for my son. Right? But like, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. In order to mature, we have to change. We have to grow. 
Change can be uncomfortable. It's not always fun, but it's necessary in our lives. And so often we see things in our life and we see things in our marriage. We see things in our finances and we identify all of these problems. Man, this is a problem. This is a problem. We, and we, we look, oh, I want this problem to be gone. But we neglect to understand that the root of it might be something that we need to change. Make sure you love me still. So the challenge of change is this. To identify the root and the source of the problem and to make the change. Not just recognize the change, but to actually make a change. The seeing part is a lot of times easy. Especially when they're looking at someone else's life. It's easy to find the thing that they need to change. Maybe not for you. But I'm tempted that way. And then I get to look in the mirror. I'm like, oh man. Change is important. But how do we do change? Change is not just just doing something different. Change is changing something in our heart that we operate differently. There's something that can change in our heart, and I believe we need to start at the heart. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart. It goes on to say, For everything you do flows from it. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. It starts at the heart. If I understand what the word is saying about the heart, it's important. Now there's a, there's a verse in Jeremiah that I'm not a favorite of. It says that the heart is deceitful. I'd like to remove that one. So what is the heart? What is the heart? If, if it's deceitful, but if we guard it, everything we flow is from it. So we want to look at the heart and see how we can face this. It's not what others do to you or what circumstances you are facing or circumstance that you are currently facing that should determine your mood or your attitudes or your emotions. I believe that what we believe and think after these things happen will create what we are. Above all else, guard your heart for everything flows from it. Let me read. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. I don't want to, I'm not meaning to pick on women, but I have an illustration. Before I say all of this, I'll say that this is not my wife. And this is not how I believe women are. But there's an illustration you could say of a, a woman who is becoming antagonistic towards her husband to the place where she is like you know short angry bitter and she's like what, what? like 
naggy. But if we, and if we, at first glance, especially you're looking at you're just like, man, that, what, why is she being the, uh. I, I said something a few weeks ago, I want to remind you, hurt people usually hurt people. And dug down in the surface was not that she was a bad person, but there was somewhere in her heart that had been hurt. And in that heart that was hurt, understand that maybe her husband or somebody had some kind of similarity personality trait that immediately reminded her of her father who might have abused her physically, verbally, whatever. Now, it was a character trait. It wasn't that the husband was doing that, but there was something that sparked up that brought within her something to say, uh, uh, almost like it was a uh, to, to uh, a mechanism to protect her from what had hurt her. And if we're not careful, we would judge that person and say, boy, she's just a blah, 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 blah. But there may be something in her heart that was hurt. We don't know where people are. We don't know what they've experienced. I know this, that I've experienced some really crummy things in life. And I know that I'm not privileged enough to be the only one to experience crummy things in life. But why do we forget that when we look at other people? It starts in the heart. And this young lady that I'm talking about hypothetically had a heart problem. But guess what? Probably the husband had a heart problem too because probably what happened is he responded after the way he responded for something that happened to him. And the cycle continues because the heart has been affected. God wants to heal the heart. But we also know that God, when we are created a new creation in Christ, asks us to do some things to help heal our heart. That we are a new creation in Christ in our spirit, but there is something that we have to do as a believer to walk in. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 2, 12, 2, to not long, no longer conform to the pattern of the world. No longer conform to the patterns of the past, but to be renewed from the word, from his word, his truth. Amen? Here's a process. I want to try to lay out this process. The process is this, and, and some you can agree or some would not. This process that I've required, not just biblically, but there are some people that are much smarter than me that would come up with this idea when they're studying the brain and mind and the, the mental mental capacities, psychology of people. And the process of our heart is this, that information and experiences in our life equal or begin to build the belief system that we walk out. Information and experiences develop beliefs. Now, I want you to realize this for a moment. Ashlyn is our only baby in the, in the place, so she gets to get chosen as an illustration. 
But she doesn't believe because she's getting thoughts in her mind. She doesn't learn and grow because she's just getting thoughts. She's learning and growing because mama is teaching her things. Daddy is teaching her things. And she's experiencing life. And experiencing life and the information that's taught to her will be the very thing that begins to build a belief system in her. Now, easy for me to say. Statistically, they say, they, you know, all those doctors and awesome people that are really smart, that say between the ages of two, excuse me, from the ages of five to 12 are what they call the formative years where your belief system is formed in that time frame. Now, these are not just secular doctors. These are Christian doctors, scientists. And they're saying that the, this, these moments and these times are the things. Now, if you thought that thoughts were the things that were making you do things, we understand now the science says... That it's the experience, it's the information that we've been given that creates a belief system. After we have the belief system, it's in that belief system that thoughts become formed. If you believe a certain way, you will begin to think a certain way. Now the best way to, to understand this is, I don't know if you understand the, the algorithms of social media... But they've created the algorithm to support your belief. And so you, it's like, what? how come when I'm flipping through all of a sudden, all the things I was talking about last week? Because they know if they can fortify your belief system, then they can continue to throw thoughts. So you'll continue to buy or accept whatever they want you to accept. It's a lie. It's a setup. Now, I like social media. I enjoy getting to correlate with people, but understand the concept. And the concept is spiritual. And it's, the concept is scientific. God created it that way, that information and experiences develop a belief system. But, and then that belief system will be... So the enemy does very... Uh, works overtime to throw thoughts to support a bad belief and he'll throw thoughts to help to, 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 to push away the good belief a godly belief we'll say after we have thoughts we have beliefs we have thoughts then we develop an attitude and an action. The attitudes and the action come from the thoughts which first came from the beliefs, which first came from the information that we and experiences that we had. So my belief, not my circumstance, determine my attitude and my actions. Do you hear that? My belief system determines those things. Now, praise be to God that he says we can renew our mind. That we're a new creation in Christ. You know, it's not like we're all lost, but we are without him. He's the great physician that changes those things. 
and gives us a reset button called Jesus. And thinks that he's also said, not only am I going to reset, you're a new creation, but now I'm going to give you the words of wisdom so you could walk it out so that you won't, you'll rewire your soul and your body to the spirit that's new and born in you. If we have a brand new spirit, but we don't let him renew our mind and our body, guess what happens? We walk in the old, not in the new. Because my belief system causes my thoughts, and my thoughts bring my attitudes and my actions. And finally, it, it, it is the result or the outcome. So the devil didn't make me do it. Where was my belief system? Now don't worry. I'm stepping on my toes. And if you want to jump in, that's fine too. But I want us to see something today. I want us to see that it's not, it's not our fault. That we're not messed up people. But some experiences, some information has been wrong. That's been placed in us. Now I said at the beginning. Take away the face. Because it's the enemy's plan all along. Why? The enemy's doing it because he knows. That he's already lost. He has a true belief. God already said. Satan you've been defeated. Period. And he wasn't excited about that thought. And so his hope is that he's going to take as many lies, going to give as many lies to take as many out with us, with him. Our beliefs are important. Our beliefs are key. Our beliefs are, are and, and beliefs are determine my attitude, my actions. Our actions are not always, by the way, a product of our conscious thinking. Um, think for a moment if you're out for a, a nice stroll a walk and all of a sudden you, you're walking down the road and you see this big uh, Rottweiler come charging at you the belief about what that dog is will determine your action now for me I happen to know someone, a relative that has one that is the sweetest dog that would lick you to death. And so when I see it, I might be like, oh, come here, goo -de -goo -de -goo -goo -goo. Why? Because my information and my experience is sweet. Your experience might be different than that. And that might be, you might be like, I don't even like dogs. Every time I go for a walk, they chase me. And, and you begin to think, and we subconsciously at times think these things. So our belief systems aren't always, the actions aren't always conscious. Sometimes they're subconscious. But it doesn't mean they can't be changed. But it does take an action, a belief, and a truth to do that. So you might be thinking dogs are bad. I might be thinking dogs are awesome. You might be thinking little dogs are cute and big dogs are bad or vice versa. With whatever experience you've had. 
And cats are the devil, so we don't talk about that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Sorry. Just wanted to catch your... <clears throat> I apologize for all you cat lovers. Pray for you. No, I'm just kidding. Stop it. Okay. Many of us have formed beliefs that affect us every day. Many of us have completed, have completely unaware of all of the influence and the power of our belief system. And this is why I believe that God is reminding us about the heart. Because he says that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the heart, life can flow through it. So this is a life experience, but God's in the, he's in the business of restoring and healing hearts. But he's asked us to do it, to participate with him to do that. And we can use dealing, uh, we can, we, we are to use the opportunities of the word of God to change things. We all have weird thoughts and times. I'm sure some here have thought, I'm not smart. I, I bind that in Jesus' name. I'm speaking to myself as well. Maybe, maybe academics, but it doesn't mean we're not smart. Do you know that you breathe by, your, by the smartness of our brain that God's built in us? That we walk and we talk and we do all of these things. That's intelligence. That's God, intelligence in us. So we're all smart. And in fact, the Bible says we have, can have the mind of Christ. Amen. Now, I want to remind you also that those things that we think we can't do, God says we can do. And so understand this. But now, listen, if we're not careful, if, 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 if I don't use this mentality right, I'll become a victim and I'll become a victim mentality type individual. Where we're walking and, and, and it can come to the place in our lives where we, pers we persistently think that actions of others cause us to be unhappy. Other situations, things that are come are doomed because that, that's just all that there is. And we become a perpetual victim. God didn't create that. God said you're more than a conqueror. Right? So if we find ourselves in a place where we're like, I, I feel like the victim then we need to re renew our hearts to his word, renew our minds to his word. Victims blame others or circumstances for their moods. But as a believer, we can take responsibility for our actions. And if we find ourselves doing actions that aren't responsible, we can renew our mind to God's word and his truth so that we can change those actions. Amen? Praise God, he didn't just leave us. He's like, oh man, those guys are messed up. I'm going to work on these guys. He, no, he didn't do that. He gave us the ability to read his word. He gave us his word to read and to obey, to be instructed by, so that we could change the deceitful heart to a heart that seeks after the Father. And when we do, the actions will begin to change because the information and the experiences are new and they begin to change. Only God can do it.
but he wants to do it. Amen? There is a author, um, uh, he's a psychiatrist. Um, he was also, he's also a Jewish man, and he found himself in uh, Hitler's concentration camps. And in, he, he writes a book, it's called The Man's Search for Meaning. It's, it's not a Christian book, but it uses some principles of, of interest and applied to, to the things of God. And this is one thing he says. Now, he was interviewed or others were interviewed about him. Now, I don't know if you know about the concentration camp. I don't want to glorify it, but there's a lot of junk that happened, some horrific things that happened. And there are people that were thrown into prison and tortured and, and beaten and there were people that just were had all, no hope. But there were some that, for whatever reason, had some hope, had some rise up in them. And, and this psychiatrist was one of them. His name was Victor Frankel. And they in, interviewed the guards after it was all done. They interviewed the guards like, why is this guy, why is he so positive in the middle of this stuff? Why is he, and if you read the, if you read the book, it's, he did some really cool things. Helped a lot of men and women not commit suicide by just bringing hope. And helped to bring in. They're like, ask, well, how does this happen? He goes, the guards couldn't control. The guards could control how much pain I was in. They could torture me. They could deny me food. They could, but they could never control my thoughts. Because my thoughts were set on higher things. Corey Ten Boom. She says, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. It all depends on where you put your eyes. If your beliefs are, 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 are irrational view of reality of life, then, then life itself will be distorted. In other words, if we have a view of the world and the things of the world, the world, our out view will be distorted, not hopeful. So I don't know if you know this or if you pick this up, but God has had us on a journey at the beginning of this year. The very first word he said for the year was to expect the unexpected. To begin to renew our mind to we've we've been coming off of a couple years of a lot of junk and God is trying to lift the lid of back on hope again. And then he says to seek and look and expect and hope for divine encounters, something that will encounter us again. It's lifting the lid of hope to say there is a God who loves me, who cares for me and wants to speak to me. And now he's saying we need to rewire that truth in our minds, in our hearts. Because this is what we know. Circumstances probably in the natural, in this world, until we reach heaven, will not be better every day. We're going to have some wins, praise God. We're going to have some good things that happen, praise the Lord. We're going to have some monumental, awesome things that go on. Yes, but generally, we know what the word says, that the world is decaying and dying. And so the truth of it is that they're not going to have always have great days, but we can have a great day because Jesus is always good. But you know what? That doesn't happen by accident. 
That doesn't just happen by me accepting Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's the entry to say, yes, I believe that you are my Savior. Now I will follow you all of the days of my life. In other words, I will walk in your truths. I will listen to your word. I will obey your word. I will do what you've called me to do so I can enjoy the freedom that comes in Christ. Does that make sense? Again, it's not a sit back and, okay, just bless me. We're supposed to participate in this thing. Now, his part is much bigger. Because he's bigger, greater. He just asks for a little bit. Think about tithing. He only asks for 10, not 90. So God will do the 90. He's just asking for 10 of us. 10%. Something for us to say, willingness. But there, it says that he only blesses, he will bless those who give. Participate. Exercise in it. And so if I find myself in a place where I'm not seeing, then I'm wondering, am I participating? If I'm not participating, that means it's my actions are not lining up. So something I have to back up and see, okay, what were my thoughts? Okay, those weren't good thoughts. Okay, we back up. What was happening? Oh, it was some information and the experiences that I need to rewire that developed a belief in me. Now, this is not easy. Especially when you're facing difficulties. No one knows that better than my mom-in-law here. Thankfully, information and experiences beyond the stroke have led her to the place of belief that with God all things are possible. And so instead of giving up, she is pushing forward. Why? Because she has a belief in Christ Jesus. It's the belief that drove the action. You don't have an action without belief first. And she had the, the belief and the understanding. But you know what's interesting? She certainly didn't, if you know her story, she certainly didn't grow up that way. If she, if she were to walk in the belief in how she was raised and what she experienced as a child, she would not be here today. Period. Her, plea, her beliefs in God, she allowed herself, her mind to be renewed to his truths, changed the information now, replaced the old with the new, the experiences of God in her life, the divine encounters and all the things that God's done in her life through from beginning to end now where she sees the grace and the mercy of God, those now become to think, hey, God is good. That's the thoughts. God's good. And now the attitude in her heart is God is good. And now when she's facing difficulties and challenge, instead of getting really depressed and bummed out, you know what she does? She laughs at herself when she makes a mistake or something. It's, it's, it's amazing what we can do. Now, we can't do it without him. But see, I want to remind you of something that's really cool. Don't, we can't get over spiritual on this thing. God did create your brain. And so we can use this brain for his good and his glory. And that was the intent all along. So we can't be scared of the, the science of our brain. We understand that science is God. <laughs> right? And so we understand that the belief system, we have to be careful that we don't allow 
outside sources to be the, our belief system. We have to let God be our belief system. I wrote here, external factors don't make us happy or sad. We have the joy of the Lord. That's what scripture says. We have the joy of the Lord. Doesn't mean I always feel happy. But externally, if I'm not changing my belief and renew my mind, external factors will make me happy or sad. Does that make sense? I don't like to live that way. That's like a roller coaster. I don't like to be that kind of person because no one wants to be around that kind of person. I never know whether I'm going to get with that one. Right? So understand that we have to rewire. I'm talking about rewiring. We have to rewire our brains, our understanding of what it is. Circumstance, fact, uh, outside factors should not, cannot affect our happiness. Only what we allow to do that. And if we are, we finding our place, there's no condemnation. But if we find our place in that and you're like, there's something better, then we go to the word again and say, okay, I, I got I want to get this because I'm tired of being sick and tired. I'm tired of being tossed to and fro. Now I know the world's not going to change, but I can change despite the world. Right? It's what we believe about the circumstance that drives the emotion. Now, I'm not saying we're like, yippee, I can't wait for problems. Yay. <laughs> Sickness and disease. Yay. Come on. No, of course not. And, and if we're being honest or real, that could be a little bit of a like, oh. But it, what it should do is if we read the word, it should be to help fuel us to step in to the power and the promises of who God says we are. To use that as motivator, not the thing that puts us out. Does that make sense? But listen, we got to do this now before we're facing it. So that when we are faced with something, we're not moved. When we are facing a place right now, and I'll just we'll call the elephant in the room here. We're seeing a lot of things in the natural that aren't lining up with God's word, even in our churches. Brian already mentioned this. People are sick. You're like, what's going on? It would be tempting to let those experiences determine God and what he does in those times. This is where we have to be extra, extra careful to protect our heart. To be extra careful what we see, what we hear, what we say. In those moments when we don't understand, it's not go for answers, it's go for the answer. To seek First, his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto us. Wildernesses are crummy and dry. But I believe that through every wilderness is a flowing river of life. We have to be careful that we don't let the circumstances of the world, the influences of the world, the influences of my heart to not let them change what God's word says for me, for us. Does that make sense today? 
kind of doing some heart surgery on myself today. It's important to reset, to rewire. Because if we're not careful, see, this is the way the enemy works. We can drift, and we can drift, and we can drift. And now all of a sudden I find, I'm like, where am I? And in case you think you're um, immune to it, Paul says, I do what I don't want to do. The Apostle Paul, the guy that wrote New Testament, the, probably the reason we have church Christianity in our world today, because of the letters he wrote in the extent, the same guy is saying, this is, man, I don't do things. So if he's going to do it, we probably should expect that we might be tempted to do it as well. And so now I'm going to decide to think, I don't got this. God's got this. God is my very great reward. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We got to renew our mind. We have to rewire our truths. If you believe that trials and tribulations are to be avoided at all costs, then when one hits you, you will be landslided. Again, I'm not celebrating and say, yay, come on, trial, come on, tribulation. But we will face them in this world. Well, that's not very faithful. It is, because I can look at that thing by faith and say, shut up, thing. By the authority of Christ Jesus that lives in me, get behind me, Satan. Right? And so understand that that comes through a belief. That comes through a renewing of her mind to believe those things. Maybe, just maybe, some of the things that we have allowed in our heart might be something that we believe because we were given information, the wrong information. Don't be mad at those people. That was the enemy working. But So we go to the only thing we know is truth. We can use those things to help grow us up, right? Use it to strengthen us. Romans 8, 28 says, We are sure to know that all things work together in our for good and for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. This is the amplified version. It doesn't say God's doing this. It says that God's going to turn it. If we'll turn to him, he'll turn it. We have to become to the place where, you know, I've been accused of this before. I'm not always great at it, but sometimes you see it. And say, but you're just, why you always got to be optimistic? Why, why are you always nice to people? The realization is this. I'm not normally nice in my natural form, but God was so nice to me. He loved me so much. He sent Jesus for me. So what do I got to be upset about? I'm saved, sanctified, chosen, redeemed. See, see, this is the the, the this comes through 
changing your belief. If you don't believe this truth, then you get into the place that tells you that's truth. Amen? Where we go matters. What we say matters. What we listen to matters. What we hang around, it does matter. It does. This is not mind over matter. This is not some new age thing. This is, God created this truth. And he said to renew my mind. To guard my eyes and my heart and my mind to the things above. Right? Because he knew the world that we were going to be in. And he says, I'm going to give you the tools. First of all, I'm going to create in you a new spirit. If you receive Christ. Second of all, I'm going to deposit my very power in you. I'm going to graft you in as my very own. Now the inheritance of his truths and power and promises are now signed, sealed, and delivered in my life. He equipped us so we can move forward. We have to change our belief system. We have to rewire. At the very least, analyze to look at what we're believing. The Bible says, it says, search me, O Lord, and know my heart. And if there's anything in me that's crummy, that's my version, let me know. Reveal it to me. Anything that might be hindering me. And, and then when he reveals those things, we have to be willing to say, mm, you're right. That's probably not good. I need, to, I need to let go of that one. I need to stop participating in that one. I need to stop saying that one. Does that make sense? Beliefs will change the way you act and respond to everything. James... 24 or verse 1 verse 2 and 4 rather I'm going to read the message translation it says consider it a sheer gift friends when tests and challenges come to you at, from all sides you know that under pressure your faith like is forced into the open and, sh and shows its true colors so don't try and get out of anything prematurely let it do its work so you can become mature and well developed not decent not deficient rather in any way I don't like this verse. It, it doesn't like, you know, like feel faith-filled, but it actually is very faith-filled. Because the promise is he's going to take care of me. The promise is that though we're going to face it, he's on the scene. The promise is that I can, if I will not give up to it and begin to believe that, well, this is just whatever. This is the way my life's going to be. Instead, I can use it to fortify my faith in what God said. But it takes us changing our belief. To align our, our understanding to his word. So then when we face a challenge or an issue... Statistically, probably somebody in here did this week. In fact, I say that two out of five.
pretty good odds that somebody faced something that was a little bit unpleasant this week. We can make a decision in that time. What are we going to believe about the situation? What are we going to believe about the issue, the challenge? Don't ignore it. Buck up to it with the power of God. Chest bump the enemy. He'll go flying back. You know, when, when uh, uh, they went to arrest Jesus, and like, who do you think you are? And he says, I am. And they flew back, the guard flew back. That's how I picture. Wait a minute, circumstance. What a meant enemy. What a meant thought. What, what? I have the I am. <laughs> Chest bump. You're gone. Listen. This isn't this is our natural makeup, human natural makeup, not since the fall of man anyway. But it can be done because God through Christ made it possible. But it takes work. It takes a willingness to lay down pride Thoughts, expectations, we've been talking about it for weeks now. All of those things. We're tempted to say, no, no, I just want to fix this. Or I just want to fix this. And that's why I think it's interesting how, you know, when Paul's writing from prison, he's talking about rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice because it's interesting because in the rejoicing in itself, it didn't really figure out his problem. He was just obedient to what he knew was true. See, David had written psalms way ahead. Jeremiah wrote things that remind us when you're having to think, ah, that I see when they did, when they praised God, it broke them free of the things. Now, it may not break free of the circumstance, but it certainly will free your heart and your mind and your perspective in the middle of the storm. What are we willing to give up? Are we ready to let God rewire our belief? Mark eleven twenty two says, Have faith in God. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. We need to renew our hearts to this. But pastor, I've prayed and nothing happened. Me too. But it doesn't say until it doesn't happen, then don't do it anymore. He starts with have faith in God. In other words, stop looking in the eyesight of our human understanding and start moving in the word of God. Jesus answered. I tell you, anyone says to this mountain, it's not your ability. It's his. Have faith in God. Pastor, I don't see this. I don't either. Have faith in God. But that doesn't make sense. You're right. I got to renew. I got to rewire my mind. But that doesn't make me feel good. You're right. I'm not moved by faith. I'm not moved by fear. I'm moved by faith. I'm not moved by feelings. I don't see this. I don't see this. Praise God. I don't see it either. Have faith in God. Does that make sense? 
renewing our mind. And someone said we're just like being crazy, like uh, you're not really facing reality. I'd rather face the realities of heaven. Because the world didn't bring me anything healthy and exciting. And it constantly tries to feed me crummy. And sometimes I buy it for a moment. And then I'm like, this is junk. And the more you renew your mind, the more we'll recognize the junk. It'll become distasteful. Mm -mm. Uh -uh. That's not, doesn't taste good. That's the devil. That's the enemy. That's the world. Amen? It takes a belief change. And the belief, how we can change our beliefs is by renewing our hearts and minds. Amen? We hope you've enjoyed this message from Word of Life Family Church. If you're ever in the area, please join us for one of our Sunday services at 10 a.m. or for Bible study on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out our website at wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Thanks for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you. Yeah.